What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Hustle and Grind podcast, post-Blade Show edition. We are back in the studio, coming out on our normally scheduled time, and we got another guest in the house with us this week, a returning guest, a newly crowned journeyman Smith, Mr. Dennis Terrell is back. What's going on, guys? Thanks for having me on again, guys. So how's it feel? How's it feel to have the title officially? Uh it kind of, I kind of, it's funny enough, I, I almost like kind of forgot about it Saturday because it was so stressful Friday and then it kind of got it behind me and then it was all about knives. So still, uh, still haven't processed it all yet, but it's cool. I'm happy it's over. Well, congratulations. We told you so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you did. So where does this put you now? Where is like, explain it to like somebody like myself who I'm, I've never looked into the ABS. Like it never really occurred to me until I became friends with all you guys. Um, what's, where does it go from journeyman to master? Yeah. Like, there's only three levels. You join the ABS, you pay your fees, you're an apprentice. It doesn't mean you actually have to apprentice under anybody. That's just your, your rank as apprentice. And then after three years, you can try for journeyman. And then once you get your journeyman, you have to wait two years and then you can test for master. Uh, I, I would suspect most people would not test for master after two years. And I probably do not intend to test in two years, but, uh, yeah, you can, you can try in two years. So is the difference between a journeyman knife and a master knife? Like, is it huge? Is it? Yeah. (laughs) They love to say (laughs) that, uh, once you're a journeyman, uh, you're starting your journey. (laughs) When, when you're a master, then, then you're there, you're, you know, your knives are about as close to, I wouldn't say they're never perfect, but as close to being perfect as you can get them. And then you'll continue to perfect your craft as you grow. That's cool. I saw Nick Rossi, uh, God, yeah. his master. He, he doesn't know who I am. I've never spoken to him, but he's from Maine also. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, uh, him and of course uh, Niels Vandenberg uh, got his master as well. So the the two I th- I don't remember if there was four or five masters, but two of them passed. Yeah, so I got to hang out with Niels for a little bit Saturday night. That was a wild group. Those South Africans. <laughs> the, the, the South Africans are always pretty wild. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good lord. <laughs> but let me ask you a, a dumb question about the this journey of the Master Smith and Journeyman and all that. Now, it's the ABS, the American Blade Smith. So do these knives have to be forged? They must be forged. Okay. I figured that's probably was the case, but, yeah, I just wasn't real sure. Yeah, they yeah, they must be forged. I mean, the level of forging, you know, that's debatable. You know, you, you could forge in the tip and say that they're forged, <clears throat> but really they should be fully forged. But... You know, they don't have to be. Well, at the Master Smith level, don't the test knives, at least some of them, have to be Damascus? All of them. Okay. I, I think, actually, I think all of them have to be Damascus. I could be wrong. Do you have to make your own? Yes, I'm sure you do. Because you have to show experience pattern welding. Um, yeah. And, and actually, your performance knife has to be Damascus. That one I know for sure. So the one that exact same test as Journeyman, you know, as far as cutting the rope and the, the two-by-four chop and the bend, same test, but with the Damascus knife. 
Hmm. And there's a minimum number of layers, like, I don't know, 200 or something. I don't know exactly what it is. Wow. You better make sure them forge wheels are set, huh? No you kidding. Like ways to go. <laughs> Yeah, but and I told so many people this weekend if if you haven't signed up for the ABS and you want to do journeyman, you should sign up before June because if you don't, you've set the clock. Like people that sign up in July, now they have to wait four years. Oh wow! Because you have to test in in Blade and you have to be in the ABS for three years, which means now your test is the next year. Ah. That sucks. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when, when I signed up, it was in, I think, April or something like that. So I was lucky because I didn't know any of that then, like when about the, the timing. Yeah. Well, we were fresh back from Blade Show. And, man, that was just as awesome as I was hoping for it to be. How would you feel, Dennis? Have a good show? There was so many highlights uh, for me personally during the show. Of course, the JS stuff, but that happened – like pretty much before the show started, that was done. But then so many other things happened that um, were, were amazing highlights for me, meeting all viewers. It was, it was so much fun. Yeah, I met uh, a ton of fans of the podcast up there, and that was pretty neat, man, because I didn't recognize a bunch of them. But they recognized me and stopped me and you know had some talks, took some pictures, all that good stuff. Um, Jake. Ah, oh, crap, and we'll have to look up his name. Larson or Larkin, I think. I'll look it up soon and, and get it right. He stopped me. He was a big fan from the very beginning, and I was walking around with Bubba, so he knew Bubba as well. That was pretty neat. Cool. And, uh, yeah, I mean, getting recognized in a show like that when, you know, because people see me on the videos, but, of course, I don't know them, and you don't know who they look. Most, most knife makers post pictures of knives. They don't post themselves. Right. So you don't know who they look like, but they know you, and it's really weird. It is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I met uh, Zachary Sowell, and he he was super cool. He hung out with us for a long time, but he was wearing a Woody Wax T-shirt. And I saw oh, the cool. shirt, and I'm like, okay, this guy's he's got to be local or, or something, you know. And then finally he came over and introduced himself to me. He hung out with us for a long time. It was just him and his little boy up there. And I can't remember how old his son was, probably – eight maybe eight or ten little dude named ryan he was super cool him and zach are forging a knife out together so that was pretty neat to hang out with him i i love it when the like the the dads come by with their sons and their sons are all wide-eyed and they want to hold the you know the knives and the swords and stuff like that it's that's that's fun to see that kind of stuff oh yeah for sure it was cool watching it from the interwebs <laughs> hey ryan next year you're going next year, right? I am. I'm already planning it. I got the whole Dennis's Bowie knife. Nanny, nanny, boo-boo. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Dude, I was staring at it with my hands behind my back, and I, he said, you can pick it up, and I was so easy with it. That thing is uh, – pictures don't do nothing for it. It is gorgeous. Are you talking about the copper one? Yes. Yeah. And then yeah. That, that dagger with the twist handle – I didn't even want to pick that one up. I just, I looked at that one from afar. But yeah. One of my highlights work. is like one of my, the guys that I aspire to be like, to be like, 
uh, Kyle Royer came over to my table Sunday and uh, started looking at my stuff and reviewing. And he had he's seen my videos, so that was a big that was one of the big highlights for me. Yeah, I always sure. thought he didn't get talked about enough. His yeah, I mean, is unbelievable. Like when I watch his videos, I'm like, oh my god, dude. Yeah, how do you yeah. achieve that? And then you watch him do it, and you're like, that make it makes total sense. Like the the attention to detail. Like when a guy spends four days hand sanding a part. Yeah, one part, <laughs> one fitting. <laughs> like that's dedication. Yeah, yeah, he's got it for sure. Yeah, he's uh, amazing. But he came over, and when I told him about the 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 first dagger, the attempt, the gold one, that sparked his interest. So he was, uh, he perked up when I told him there was gold in the dagger. So uh, he'll be watching the next one, I think. I think that person for me, who, like you said, you look up to him as a maker. I think for me, that's got to be Noah Vashon. Mm. That's what to know. It has to be. And he looks just like my one of my best friends. Like, sounds the same when he talks. That's how similar they are. Kind of like you and Lawrence Lake. I don't know if he sounds like you when he talks, but man, we found uh, that we was funny. Out that Lawrence Lake is your doppelganger, right? For sure. Right? <laughs> it was crazy in the pit having one on each side of me. I I didn't know which way to look to talk to who. <laughs> that was funny because that picture went around on Instagram, and I didn't see it at first. And then Pickle showed me that uh, people were confused and thought we were uh, each other. Yeah, I was scrolling and I was like, "Oh, pickle standing with Dennis." That's fucking not Dennis. <laughs> Lawrence Lake, and we're both Canadian and we both look alike. So, uh, yeah, very similar. Very sim- like you guys could be brothers or like non-identical twins. Right. Yeah, I stumbled across pickle, and you know we've all said before we don't know what Lawrence looks like. So pickle was walking with Lawrence, and immediately I thought, "Oh, cool, he's hanging out with Dennis." But as I got closer, I'm like, oh, damn, no, it's not. <laughs> Pickle and I hung out Friday night, and we were uh, trading drinks uh, all night on uh, Friday night of uh, uh, who could get the other one drunk. But uh, it was just beer, so it wasn't too bad. Yeah. Well, Saturday night lasted a long time. I think we ended up back in our room at almost 5 a.m. Holy shit. Jeez. Yeah, I left. I left at like three, I think. Yeah, and that was late. I was dead the next day. Oh, we we drove straight home and got into bed. Like took a long nap when we got home. But yeah, you were down there till at least three. Damn, you meet some characters yeah. in that pit, dude. I'm telling you, I'd be no fun. I'd be like, all right, sun's going down. See you later, guys. <laughs> like <laughs> it, it does. It's almost like time stops there. Yeah, totally. Like it went from so. ten o'clock to two o'clock. Like like. Blink of an eye. (laughs) (laughs) The booze is a time warp, you know? You start getting warm-faced and time just flies by. Yeah. I'd be like the one sober guy around a bunch of drunk knife makers. (laughs) (laughs) We met uh, the guy who apparently owns the Amazon jungle. No shit. I was was wondering what you were talking about. Yeah, I remember that conversation, that guy. Yeah. Biggest landowner in South America. Yeah, he told us that he goes to the Amazon and he owns part of it. And um, it was was a very interesting character. Is that like you can buy a square foot in Scotland, like one of that? (laughs) I don't know, dude. He seemed pretty serious about that. I wonder if land is cheap in the Amazon. 
Probably. Like maybe he bought like a thousand acres for like 150 bucks. But is it even for sale though? You know what I mean? Like I thought the Amazon rainforest was like a protected area. No, nah, we can chop so. that shit down with. <laughs> but yeah, we had a beef jerky battle. That was fun. Oh, this, it was Katie won. There was no, that was not even a challenge. <laughs> <laughs> so this dude brought down some beef jerky and uh, we took beef jerky up there. We do it every year. And we, we take like a big gallon size bag, slam full. And then we've got a bunch of these little like snack size bags we fill up. And if we're hanging out with somebody and they like it or whatever, we'll give them a little bit. Well, this guy thought that he had beef jerky. He took off running to his hotel room and grabbed this bag of like compressed dirt. It was it was like dust. <laughs> what? And he was saying it was the best beef jerky, and everybody in the world wanted to buy it. He was going to take it to market and all this stuff. And so there was a little taste off down off the edge of the pit, and our beef jerky won unanimously. Right. It was yeah. Jack Links would have uh, <laughs> was not banging down his door for the recipe. Put it that way. I don't know who the company is, but they sell little tins of jerky chew here. Yeah, and it, it's just like shredded beef jerky, and you stuff it in your lip. Yeah, I've had that before. It's kind of neat, kind of gross, but kind of neat. <laughs> yeah, it loses flavor too fast. Yeah. Oh, any kind of chew is not for me. No, I don't chew tobacco. That's nasty. That's a dirty habit. Yeah. Oh, my buddy Jared. He was like, he was, he's a chewer. He he was doing that all weekend. Oh yeah, Jared. Echo right, blades. James. What's that, Jason? Echo blades. Yep. Yeah, he was super nice. I got to meet him too. Yeah. Yeah, he's a cool dude. He helped me out a lot, taking after looking after the the table. The one the one down for anyone thinking of going to to blade and getting the table. The one downside, if you go alone, you are marooned at the table. <laughs> like, and that gets old after a while. So take a buddy, switch off, so you can see the show and talk to people, and you're not, you know, marooned at your table because that gets old fast. Yeah. See, I'm setting the mindset in my head for next year. Like, I'm going for like the shopping aspect. Like, I yeah. Todd Harrington picked up one of them stabilized resin casted corn cobs. Oh, I've never heard of that. I don't know if you guys ran across them. I saw pictures on Instagram and Todd bought a block and uh, that looks cool. It's a full corn cob and they stabilized it and cast it in black resin. I hadn't seen that either. That's cool. I've seen the pine cone. Yeah, I've never heard of the corn before. I haven't either. No, good idea. I didn't buy nearly as much as I planned to. I was planning on not buying a whole lot because right now I just don't need a whole lot in my shop. I'm pretty well stocked. But we just got caught up talking to so many people and, you know, just kind of socializing. I didn't pick up half the stuff I needed to. One of my goals, I've got an order in for a knife with blue handle scales, blue stabilized wood. That's as picky as they want it, you know, just something blue. That's the one color I do not have in my shop. So I was like, okay, well, I'll just pick something up at the show. I didn't. So, yeah. Hold on a minute. (laughs) And uh, Why do you need them? Uh, probably inch and a half at Can't minimum. It's for a storm. These are scales you need. Yeah, I need blue scales. And then I've got so many green and purple and red and pink and orange and natural and I, I don't have. I've got one set of blue, but they're already cut up to go on another knife. 
if uh, if you can cut up a block into scales, you got a table saw? Yeah, I got a table saw. <laughs> All right, give me your address. I'll send you one. You got something blue laying around? I got a lot of blue stuff. What is that, tiger maple? Yeah, it looks kind of like it, I think. Yeah, I never asked the species. I got a bunch of, uh, like, buckeye and uh, box elder burls that are blue. I love both of those. From my buddy uh, Oleg in Russia. Uh, and it is phenomenal. You give me your address. Send me your address, and I'll send you one. All right, you got it. Let me know what I owe you. No, no, it's on the house. <laughs> well, speaking of the house, I got a free T-shirt from Mr. Brian House. So did I. Yeah, free T-shirts from... Uh, Lawrence Lake, Maritime Knife Supply. Yep, yep. He even gave Katie one. We got free T-shirts from Dustin Driver at Driver Defense Knives. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yep. Lots I of I should have nabbed uh, Lawrence for a hat because I'm a hat guy, but uh, uh, I got a couple of shirts from him. So Yeah. But he ran out of hats. <laughs> yeah, hats don't last long. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna probably be name dropping throughout this whole episode, just giving shout outs and thank yous. So just bear with me. <laughs> hey, that's absolutely. But we're gonna get to the Patreon list later on, but I'm gonna go ahead and give a shout out to Donnie Dulovich. He's been a supporter. I believe he is the original Patreon member for the show. Second. Is he second? Well, he's first I'm now. First. You suck. You quit on me. You made me. <laughs> you didn't I want know. my dollar a month. Well, it's half your show now. You shouldn't have to pay for your own show. But anyway, um, yeah, Donnie met up with him. He walked right up to me, and I've talked to Donnie. I've talked to him on the telephone. I've talked to him through text message, Instagram, everything. He walked right up to me. I had no clue who he was. <laughs> Just cause, you know, like we were saying, yeah. we, don't, uh, we don't keep up with people's faces like that. But I saw the double D's on his shirt and put it together pretty quick. That's one of the coolest people I've ever met. That is a down-to-earth, genuine good dude. So, I agree. I met him Friday in the pit, and uh, and I didn't know who he because I didn't know who he was, and uh, I don't. He, I don't think he. I don't know if he watched my channel because. Um, or maybe he does. I don't know. But Brian introduced me and said, "Hey, this is." And as soon as he said it, I'm like, "Oh yeah, I know you." Yeah, he's a good dude. Yeah, super awesome guy. Like if he lived right here in town. We'd be best friends. I know it. Let's have him on. Well, yeah, you guys should. He's actually in Tifton right now. Uh, that's about 45 minutes south of me. So we're trying to line something up to where he can come and spend a day in the shop because my house and my shop is right across the street from the studio. So we're trying to get something lined up where he can go spend a day in the shop and then ride up here with me and do the podcast in person. So that's going to take some scheduling and planning because he's in town working. He's from Homestead, Florida. It's where he lives. But he spends a lot of time here farming. So hopefully we can make that line up at some point in time. Yeah, you guys aren't too far apart. Even if he's in Florida, that's not bad. Yeah. Same time zone. Yeah, same time zone. But me and me and Ryan are in the same time zone. That's Georgia to Maine. That's 1,500 miles. How many? 1,400, 1,389 or something like that. Uh, yeah, we're not we're not meeting in the middle on that one. No, when I looked <laughs> it up, it's a 20-and-a-half-hour drive. Oh, holy cow. I was going to drive it next year. That was my first instinct because I don't like to fly. And then uh, I talked to Todd, and Todd talked some sense into me. He's like, he's like, that's like 41 hours of driving on a weekend. I'm like, 
Yeah, that's true. But yeah. Not to mention the, the extra two days you got to take off to uh, to do the drive. Yeah, and I could just take those days off and do something cool if I flew down. Yeah, right. for sure. And I did the math on it, and the gas is actually more than a round-trip plane ticket. So, Yeah, right now it is. Yeah. So it, I don't I don't expect it to be better next year. So if you fly from Maine into Atlanta and you land there, you can take a flight from Atlanta to Macon. And that's like a I think it's a 30 minute flight from takeoff to landing, if that. But um that's like 10, 15 minutes from my house. So get into Atlanta, I'll pick you up in Macon. We can build some shit for a few days and then take off the blade show together. Then you can fly back out from Atlanta when the show's over. Yeah. If I go to Georgia, go. I got to go see my dad, too, because it'd be, like, the third time ever, so. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, hey, man, what's up? I'm a grown-ass adult now. Right. Nice to meet you. <laughs> How long has it been since you've seen him? Since I was 19. Oh, wow. damn. I, I saw him once when I was five, and uh, we've always talked on the phone. Like, I have a relationship with him. It's not like he's gone, but he's face to face I've only met him twice that I remember. Wow. We're very similar in personality, but not in like body type. Like he's like six, three and I'm six foot. Well, that's still both tall gentlemen. Yeah. 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 Probably taller than pickle. Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. Pickle shorter than I expected. Uh, yeah, you said it first. I was gonna say it. Everyone <laughs> <laughs> says I'm taller than than uh, they expect, so uh, we're even. <laughs> we love you, Pickle. I guess he's still down in Florida. Yeah, he's still hanging yeah. out with house down there. Yeah. But, yeah, B Cone was surprisingly tall. I'm sure he's not used to that heat. Oh, Pickle. Yeah. No, nah, th- nobody's used to that. Even people who live in it aren't used to it. It's just got to deal with it. That's tempting, though. Next year, I might fly. <laughs> I might fly over to Brian's house and hang there for a couple of days, and then drive up with him. That sounded like a, a good time. Yeah, for sure. It looked like a nice house. Way yeah. to go, Brian. Yeah, I think he's doing all right. Yeah, if that covered in-ground pool that pickled picture of at his house, it was. Yeah, the big lanai over it. That's a that's definitely a Florida thing. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure pools are a lot more common down there than they are here. They're pretty common here. I got a pool. Do you? Nice, nice. It gets it's just too cold here. I got a pond. That's right. You guys, How the ducks? That? Can you hear the excavator? Ducks are still in the stupid. No, no, I don't no. hear anything. All right, good. Yeah, they're still stupid. They've gotten to where their favorite hangout spot is either right in the middle of the garden, eating the leaves off the pepper plants, or right on the edge of the pond. But they still will not get in it. <laughs> you got you got the you got the only ducks in the world afraid of water. I guess so. But I did actually. I talked to our friend Jason Moss. He's got some ducks at a, a Rublade Works, and he was telling me that domesticated ducks don't like water the way wild ducks do you know like a wild duck if they fly over water they want to get in it it's just an instinct but it's kind of been bred out of the domestic ones and the only reason they really like to get in the water is to regulate their body temperature well it's so damn hot in georgia the water's probably hotter than the outside air you know once it sits out and and comes up to temperature so they could be dodging it on purpose just for that 
Hmm. Got some ice. Yeah, but the fish are cool. We got fish in the pond now, so that's pretty neat. And we got them kind of on a schedule to where when I walk out there, I've got a little bridge going across one corner. And um, I'll stand on the bridge, and they know it's feeding time. They come to the top of the water, and it's just like little flakes, you know, fish food. But it's pretty cool to watch them eat every day. Are they like koi? Are they like they're what are they? they're called fancy goldfish? They've got the colors yeah. like a koi, like they're spotted and striped and all that. But a koi was like twenty bucks for one, and I got the goldfish. Like I don't know, it was like six bucks for fifty of them. Oh geez. Cool. So well, yeah, that was the way to go for sure. And they've already yeah. grown up. They're like four or five inches long already. Yeah, hopefully you don't get a, an egret in there eating them one day. I've heard I've heard people have problems with that. Yeah, I, hopefully they'll be smart enough to go to the bottom because it's plenty deep enough. Oh, that's good. But I've always heard goldfish will grow as big as their environment will allow. Yeah, that's true. So they could turn out to be some pretty big fish if they'll live long, live long enough to do so. I yeah, they'll start to look like carp soon. Right. Yeah. <laughs> about like cities having issues with goldfish in the river getting huge and causing problems, whatever. <clears throat> I don't know if they're predatory, but because people were flushing their kids' pet goldfish down the toilet and they were surviving, like made it out into the back into the wild. Well, way back in the day, we used to go to the river here and we'd stop by the pet store and pick up goldfish and set limb lines for catfish. And use goldfish gold for bait. Oh, yeah. Because back then they were 10 for a dollar. You know, and they were yeah. pretty decent size. Bro, those are a pet, man. <laughs> <That's> terrible. <laughs> I've never seen someone pet a goldfish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, they work great. Catch big old flathead catfish and blues. I've never seen the point of having fish as a pet. I mean, I guess if you had like. If you had the resources and you had like a salt water tank with some exotics in it or something, that'd be cool. But like keeping like, you know, goldfish or freshwater tanks, like what's the point? What are you doing? I used to have a big salt water tank. Yeah. See, I could see that because you can put all sorts of exotic, cool looking creatures in there. But like freshwater, I mean, what are you looking at? Like angelfish, gold <laughs> cichlids. cichlids. Yeah, I used to have two Oscars. <laughs> Huh? I used to have two Oscars, and they were both like the size of two hands. They were huge, and we go to <laughs> the base looking. Well, they—I mean, they look like big giant black brim. But um, we'd go to the bait store and get like fifty minnows and dump them in there, and they would chow down. They'd shred them minnows to pieces. I thought it was cool. My mom had an Oscar when I was a kid, and that thing was mean as fuck. Yeah. They're, they're super it was like mean. An evil fish. I was like, what the fuck did I do to you, man? <laughs> Jesus. You'd walk by the tank and he'd bump it. He was nuts. Yeah. Oscar the Oscar. Do you guys follow uh, Shed Time Down Under? I do. Yeah, he's got a pet uh, fish. I believe his, his fish is, I know his fish has its own Instagram page, but I believe his <laughs> fish's name is Bubba. And he puts videos up all the time of, of that fish eating goldfish and, you know, just kind of like updates on the fish. It's pretty neat. If, if you don't follow shed time down under, you're missing out. His page is uh awesome, prolific plethora of different hobbies. Like he, yeah. he finishes cars, you know, he like posts about his fish. He makes knives, like builds big giant cool. smokers. Yeah. He's a cool dude. Yeah. Super cool. And he's Australian. So he's fun to listen to no matter what he's talking about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
I have a soft spot for Australians. <laughs> I'll have to uh, give him a follow and check it out. Yeah, yeah, he's pretty cool. So, Jason, did you? What else did you buy at Blade? Anything? I bought. Uh, I got a handful of of handle material. Um, there's this one booth. I can't remember what the name of it is, but it's always in the same spot right in the middle. It's a, an extremely large booth and they've got a lot of horn and antler and things like that, but they've also got a lot of resin and, yeah, uh, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. The one with the red tablecloths all the way around. Yeah, yeah. I, I bought a lot of resin stuff from them just because it's fairly priced and pretty neat. You know, it's not something you see every day. What the hell was that? Sorry. That was me. I <laughs> I got every single. I I got a million notifications on my two machines here. Sorry. Yeah, that was cool. Um, got some resin handles, and I went to the Jantz booth, and they sell liners and G10 by the pound. So I mean, it's just buckets upon buckets of it, and you just pile it up on a scale. And it's like six or eight bucks a pound, and you'd be surprised how many liners it takes to make up a full pound. So, oh, for liner, yeah, yeah, that's a good deal. Yeah, I mean, I got a backpack full of liners in G10. So, I'm actually thinking about starting to make some of my finger bangers with G10 scales because I got a lot that's like the gunmetal color and um, a lot of just solid black, solid like the not what do they call the green one, oh, not OG green, but something like that. Um, it's like a camel green, but yeah, yeah. camel green, forest green. Yeah, they got a yeah. word for it, but it's that, regardless what they call it. Um, got a bunch of that, and then a bunch of off-the-wall wild colors. I got some pink and some layered stuff, and just a whole lot of cool stuff from them. Hmm. I picked up a, a hybrid handle, from, or hybrid scales from one place. And then uh, this guy, this is like a one-and-a-half by one-and-a-half by 12 piece of koa. Nice. With it's got like black resin in I like it that in knot. one section. It's filled with black resin, so that's cool. Yeah, that's super cool. Looks like and then I was lucky enough to win this guy. Whoa. Which is a two by three by eighteen inch piece of koa. Holy cow. Yeah, it's it's like a probably a four hundred dollar piece of koa. Where'd you win that one from? Uh high koa. Oh, okay, cool. That's the big island Hawaii guy. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So they, if you bought anything from them, you got entered in the draw. And then he walked over, and uh, it was funny because Jared Echo Blades was standing there, and he was hoping it was him, and then he handed it to me. Ah, <laughs> uh, I'll give him a piece. That's some nice wood you got there, Dennis. Yeah, I hear that from all the guys. <laughs> <laughs> I love Koa. I haven't used it a whole lot because I don't have a whole lot of it. Honestly, the first time I just made that uh, recurve Tonto kind of the copper one, and um, that's the first time I've ever used Koa. So uh, I was pretty happy with it. So I'm happy to have some more. It's got like the right amount of denseness to it too. You know, it's like not too soft, but it's not so hard. It's a pain to grind. You know. Yeah, and it's not like ironwood where it's like totally gummy, like uh, ironwood and uh, blackwood. Hate do using that stuff because you go through belts like crazy. Yeah, speaking of belts, I went and saw my friends Greg and Sean at Phoenix Abrasives and spent way too much money. I was trying to avoid them on purpose 
<laughs> their their belts and their prices are so good, man. So I went over there, and they were selling out of a lot really quick. So they were actually one of my first stops once we got there. And I got my pile of stuff, but I didn't feel like, you know, taking it back to the truck or back to the room. So I just said, let me go ahead and pay for it. And they were going to hang on to it for me. So whenever I went back, excuse me, I went back to pick it up. I came around to the other side of the table where they had different things. So I loaded it up again. <laughs> hey, you're saving on shipping. Think of it that way. I did save a lot on shipping for sure. Cause I probably got 40 pounds of belts. Wow. Yeah. I mean, it was like a, a big box full. Yeah, you're good for a while. And so, a lot of the stuff I got, I didn't even need. I was like, well, since I'm here, shit, let's get one of those, two of these. Is it harder or is it easier to spend money when the stuff's sitting right in front of you as opposed to like on a website where you're looking at pictures? You know what I mean? No, oh, it's way easier. Oh, easy way easier. <laughs> You know, you're not paying for shipping and you can hold them and yeah, it's a lot more tempting. And a lot of times they'll, they'll make it uh, irresistible <laughs> for you not to pick up more because they give you a discount. So, yeah. And as soon as you hand them money, you can put it in your pocket. You don't have to wait. So you get like that instant gratification. Oh. Yeah. And it's really good. But I usually buy more than anything. I'm usually buying handle material. Mm-hmm. Cause you can pick up those scales and you, you know exactly what you're getting. Yeah. And every, every set of scales up there are about the same price. I mean, you're not going to find like something crazy different, high or low. I mean, obviously there's the higher end stuff, but for average scales, it's 30 to 40 bucks for a set. You know, that's pretty average. Yeah. That's a lot. Depending on what you're looking, I, I got a set of hybrid scales. I think they were twenty five or thirty. I had a viewer, one of my viewers. This is a, a like a two inch by like two and a half piece of uh, maple burl stabilizing. He just handed it to me and said, "Here you go." Nice, sweet, nice. Yeah. So, oh, and also got this other piece of koa that was the stand for the uh, the big block. So, I'll make something out That's of that. Nice, too. I like that. Yeah, yeah, it's really light color too. Yeah. I had a good conversation with them. That guy, um, I, and I, I forget his name because it's like I know his Instagram handle, but he was telling me they're and I didn't know this. They're not allowed to cut down any koa trees. It's only deadfall. So they're hiking up the mountains like miles to collect koa deadfall. Huh? Like Is that branches like that. That's why it's so expensive. You can't farm it. You can't uh, cut it. You cannot touch a living koa tree in Hawaii. Well, that's cool to know. I've actually thought about that before. You know, I know Hawaii is an, an island, but it's also a state. So it's not like a teeny tiny little island. But that being said, it's still an island. I'm sure they don't have room for like renewable tree farms there. Yeah, and, and plus these things grow on the side of a mountain, yeah. so it's not like, you know, you're not going to have an easy access farm or anything like that where you're going to grow koa. Right. So it grows on the side of an active volcano. Right. And, and it almost looks like a little fern. Like, I'd never seen, like, because he had a couple little potted ones there on his table. Uh, and it kind of is weird. I never thought it would look like that. It's kind of like almost like little fern leaves on it. Hmm. 
Yeah. That's I don't cool. know that That's I've ever seen a color tree. Yeah. So that was cool. Got to learn something at the same time. Dennis, I got to pick your brain a little bit. Sure. I see your YouTube placard behind you. Mm-hmm. What do you do your own video editing? Yeah. What program do you use? So I'm on a Mac, so I just use iMovie. Oh, yeah. I'm on a, I'm on a Google thingy. I've, I've used uh, DaVinci Resolve. Mm-hmm. Um, but to be quite honest, it's really complicated. <laughs> and uh, there's just a lot of features that I don't use. Uh, and I find it, it takes me longer. And it's just because I haven't spent a lot of time in it. Like other guys, like I know Aaron from Alien Apps, like he loves DaVinci Resolve and some of the other guys do. Um, but I can do everything in iMovie. Like it'll do green screen, picture in picture. Like there's nothing for like a normal video that it won't do. So, and it's easy. Yeah, it's Apple, right? Like it's it's got an easy interface and it's easy to use. That's what I use. No, I'm on a Windows 10. Somebody suggested DaVinci Resolve to me, but I didn't have the hard drive space to put it on my laptop. Um, I used the video editor app that came with the laptop, and that worked, but it seemed kind of limited. Um, what was the other one? There was an OpenShot was one that I downloaded. I don't know that one. Resolve's free, though, so that's why. I, and it's well-supported. Like It's like GIMP with like the photo editor. Mm-hmm. That thing's open source too. And I use that one, but it takes a little while to learn. Yeah. Yeah. See, that's, that's where I'm at. I'm at that point where I don't know anything. <laughs> you know what I mean? So you have to dive into something you're bad at and being perfectionistic. You don't want to be bad at anything. That's kind of where I'm at. Yeah. There's things you learn, like uh, just little tips and tricks. Like you can, like flip your, it almost looks like you got different camera angles because you can flip the video. So that's kind of cool. Like you do that, like the, what is it called? Like the, I forget where you like, the, the video like pans in, like zooms in over like a time and you can set the, like the zoom in parts. And once you get into that, that really ups your production value on your videos. Yeah, see, I need to figure that out because I'm doing repair videos. Right. Yeah, exactly. Where you can like, oh, you're doing something. All of a sudden it slowly zooms into like the part you're fixing or something like that. That's yeah. Cause I've yeah. noticed with a lot of people who I know personally who aren't mechanically inclined, people's brains tend to get confused by all the little gizmos instead of being able to focus on what you need to like that one bolt. You know what I mean? Um, so I think that would help if that made any sense at all. Yeah, no, I know exactly what you mean. It's like sometimes when I'm, whatever, I'm grinding a piece on a knife or I'm filing in the sharpening troil, I'll zoom in right to that part so that you you get the, you hide the background kind of thing. Yeah, they know what you're focusing on and what you're talking about in that moment. Yeah, plus the movement of the video kind of zooming into that area slowly. Uh, and it's nice and smooth. So anyway, we can geek out on that at some point, but you ever get <laughs> questions on video editing, give me a call. I up. definitely will because um, also I had another question. Have you, do you have any experience using a GoPro as a studio uh, camera? Yeah, because the first, almost first year of my channel was all done on a GoPro and I don't recommend it. No. 
Um, if you're considering a GoPro, I would not because uh, they do not handle 4K well and they overheat um, and they're just, uh, you can't get an external battery for it. They're just not meant for that. Like I would, uh, I wouldn't, I would get a real camera um, cause you don't need to see I got a GoPro cause I thought it would be cool. It would be easy to clean it. I could just dunk it. Um, that kind of thing. I didn't have to worry about it getting dirty or dusty or anything like that, but right. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm I have a Sony a 6,400 now and I love it. That's an awesome camera. It's unfortunate to hear you say that cause I have a GoPro hero nine on the way. Maybe they're better. Maybe the nines are better. I had an eight and uh, uh, Richard Beck said he hated his eight too. Yeah. And he has a 10 now and he said, it's awesome. Okay. Maybe, maybe they fixed the glitches or whatever they had with the 4k, but um, it also uses the micro SDs. Yeah. The, the micro SD cards, mm-hmm. which are, I think they're a little pricier and they're just a little finicker to use, but um uh, and it does if it doesn't have a great zoom, um, which like it doesn't have a replaceable lens. So, and I'm not a camera guy. Like I asked Brian House and uh, and those guys about cameras, like the uh, some of the other guys in, in the, the Maker Challenge. Mm-hmm. And I just upgraded to um, um, what is it? A 16 by 55, 2.5 lens. And that's a game changer too. Yeah. I know the Hero 9, you can remove and change the lens, but I'm not sure what options they have. It twists on and off. Hmm. Um, I don't know Hmm. what options they have for different lenses. I know they have like a fisheye, so you can make them crazy fisheye shots, but I don't need that. What's nice is you get one with a really narrow focal length so that you're crisp and the background's blurry. That's, that's, that looks, it's a really nice effect. And that's what I have with the new lens. Nice. Nice. Mm -hmm. It's a start. So I got a super good deal on it. So if it sucks, then I'll just buy a harness for my dog and they can make videos of them walking around the yard. (laughs) I used to put it on uh, my surfboard when we surfed behind the boat and uh, that was always fun. Yeah. It is cool. They can go underwater. That's pretty nice. I know the the earlier models you had to have a special case to go underwater, but the nines you don't. They're built to just be waterproof. Yeah, I used to take mine spear fishing. I used to have a mount on my uh, in the front of my spear gun. Nice. So that was cool. That's badass. You're a badass individual, Dennis Tyrell. That's what I'm thinking: surfing, spear fishing. Like this is this the world's most interesting man right now? Hey, California, that's what you do. Surf and spearfish and scoop that. That's true. And California was the only place I ever knew anybody who surfed or spearfish. I, I, don't, I don't surf in the ocean, though. That's too much work. We, we <laughs> surf behind the boat when, uh, and wake surf. It's much easier. Yeah. That's for sure. Well, do you still have a rope? Like holding on to the boat? Uh, when you start out, you start with a rope. It's like a 12-foot rope. Mm. You get up. Then once you get on the wave, then you throw the you throw the rope in. Oh, okay. So you're like six feet behind the boat. Boat's going about nine knots, something like that, depending on the boat. Well, that's pretty cool. That sounds fun. It's super fun. 
uh, and then you can kind of go up and down the wave and yeah, it's really popular here. I'm going out deep sea fishing on June 30th. And it's, oh, I'm I'm so jealous. You mentioned that last time, dude. Well, we finally got the the plan. The you know the details are ironed out and the plan set. I'm excited because I've never been before, so it's going to be a lot of fun. There's going to be a lot of pictures coming. And is this? I forget. You told me last time, but I forget. Are you going? Is it in the in the in the Gulf or yeah. on the in the Atlantic? It's in the Gulf. Okay. The water should be a little calmer than going out on the in the Atlantic. Yeah, we're leaving from Port St. Joe. So what, what, is there a target species you guys are going for? I have no idea. I'm just along for the ride. <laughs> <laughs> that, that'll be fun because ocean fishing is so much more fun than, uh, you know, trying to catch trout in a river or something like that. That's what everybody keeps telling me. And I, I love fishing of any kind, ponds, rivers, lakes, whatever. But first time on the ocean, I'm pumped. Them ocean fish, it ain't like catching a trout. No. You're, if you're not wait, ready for it or strapped in, they'll pull you right over the edge of the boat. Well, I mean, yeah, I'm what it is. There goes Jason. <laughs> I've caught several catfish, you know, 60, 80 pounds. So a long fight is really not a whole lot new to me. But, That's a big-ass catfish. Oh, yeah. yeah them flatheads down here, flatheads and blues, they get humongous. Yeah, we don't have fish like that here. Catfish. Well, there's a few species that get huge down here, like uh, gar. Oh, yeah. those. What are those? Uh, alligator alligator gar. gar. Yeah. Those can get, you know, eight, nine, ten feet long in the river. And That's like the sturgeon we get here. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard people say that there's sturgeon around here, but I've never actually seen one in person from here. So oh, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if they're really here or not. We get them up to like 10 foot long in the Sacramento river here. Damn. They're huge. That'd be fun. We've got stripers, stripe bass. They get pretty big. Yeah. yeah we got those here. Yeah. We got lobster. Lobster. Yeah. Lobster. That's the best thing. Well, yeah. we got the dungeness crab, but certainly no, uh, no lobster. None of that. Yeah. I don't think in the two years I was in California, I don't think I saw lobster once. It was all crab. Crab legs. You got to go to Southern California for lobster. Yeah. Like, uh, I caught a lobster in uh, Catalina. Scuba diving. Was it a big one? Big enough to eat. That's all I cared. (laughs) (laughs) I've only ate lobster one time, and it was, like, from the Kroger Seafood Department, and it was just the tail that they, like, split and steamed, and I wasn't a big fan of it. Does that mean I don't like lobster? Did I eat it wrong because I ate a cheap one? No, you gotta. You have a lobster has to die as you're cooking it. It usually it's better that way. Yeah, yeah. Like you can't kill a lobster, rip the tail off, freeze it, and then send it off to Georgia and expect it to taste the same as a lobster that screams when you dunk it in the boiling water. Yeah, way back in the day, every grocery store around here had lobster tanks in the seafood department. Mm-hmm. With the live lobsters and you know the rubber bands on their claws, but you you don't see that anywhere anymore. I don't know if it's something to do with pita or what, but you don't ever see that around here no more. Weird. That's true. Maybe we don't have many anymore money. either. You guys pay the money, and I'll ship you lobster all day long. How would overnight. you? Stop? You overnight them. Overnight, okay. Yeah, because I mean they'll stay alive in a grocery bag for a day or two. Yeah. So would it still be pension when it got here? 
Yeah, you just file up, fire up a boiling pot of water and dunk them in face first. <laughs> that sounds so cool. They scream, but it's not them screaming. They're not like, oh, the humanity. You know, it's, like, <laughs> it's uh, steam escaping from their shell. Ah, yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. And then you melt up some butter and dunk away. That's all you need. Yeah, we do Dungeness crabs the same way here. Yeah. And they're much, same thing. They're way better uh, fresh. Yeah. Is that the blue ones? The little smaller blue ones? No, they're like, they're like eight inches across. The shell is usually about eight inches across. And you, uh, yeah, they're, they're, they got pretty big legs. They're not quite like, uh, like snow crab or king crab, but uh, they're good. Cool. The cool thing about lobsters, they're kind of like goldfish. From what I understand, if they're left alone and they're not predicated on by humans, if that's even a real word, um, they'll grow to be any size. So, like, there was reports from the colonists when they first came here of six-foot lobsters on the shore. They were considered a poor person food because they were so abundant. Hmm. It's like I remember being, uh, I did a trip one time, and we were in Fiji, and uh, there was this big rock when we were scuba diving, we looked underneath and there was a lobster under there that was probably, probably two feet long. That's a big lobster. That is a really big lobster. lobster, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we get big ones here obviously, but we trap them and you know, we harvest them so much that they don't have a chance to get massive anymore. Um, Occasionally we'll find rare ones, like one that's half blue and half red or half blue and half. They're kind of like a blackish, color they don't turn red until you boil them um or like all blue the blue lobsters you i don't even think you're allowed to keep them you have to throw them back because they're rare hmm. Hmm. yeah lobsters are a weird animal that they actually shed their shell and then grow another one it kind of like, like a soft shell crab that's yeah, it like that's one of my favorites like you can find if you're diving down, you can find lobsters that have shed their shell and they're just like a gelatinous thing. And then they grow a new shell a little bit bigger when that shell's too small. They'll shed that one, grow another one a little bit bigger. That's yeah, you, know, you don't, you don't hear about soft shell lobster. Like uh, <laughs> only crap. that's the only one. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go. Talking about seafood. Yeah, yeah making me right. hungry. Making me hungry. Bacon wraps, scallops. Ooh, that sounds good too. Yeah, that's good. Well, I'm gonna go I've ahead and uh, I'm gonna go through the the Patreon list before we get too ahead of ourselves and forget because we love and appreciate everybody. So our homie Donnie Dulovich, the real OG, KnifeMaterial.at, Aru Blade Works, Brigham Kendale, Mark LeBlanc, Mark Vanderwerk. Bex Armory, Todd Harrington, Dennis Tyrell. Thanks, Dennis. Woo! <laughs> Trucks Claire Custom Cutlery, Zachary Sowell. I got to hang out with him at Blade Show. He was awesome. Maritime Knife Supply. I hung out with him at Blade Show. He was awesome. Driver Defense Knives. I hung out with him at Blade Show. He was awesome. Noah Bloomberg, Crafty Man Forge, Brian Henningkamp, Echo Blades. I hung out with him at Blade Show. He was awesome. And Eric Andrews. 
that's pretty neat. Now that I went through that list, I, I bet you almost half of them I was actually able to meet in real life, you know, this past weekend. And that is so cool, man. That's cool. And, and I, and I said it last time, but that really is like, if you're going to go to blade show, that's the reason to meet all these people and connect. And, uh, you know, yeah, we all make knives or make, you know, nice materials, but making the connections and the, you know, whether it's a business connection or just, you know, a connection to the community, that's, that's the best part. Yeah. There's so many cool people we hung out with. I got to hang out with Dennis Tyrell in real life, you know, I'm in a Georgia swamp and he's in California. What other chance do you have? You know what I mean? To do something like that. Yeah. The powers that be would want you to hate each other. Now we, everybody gets along, man. And Dennis was kind of like the referee in the jerky challenge. And you know, he, he set that little Amazon guy straight. <laughs> that, he was funny. I, I wasn't sure if that guy was, if he was really drunk and, uh, or, or what it was, but uh, maybe he's listening. I don't know, man. I'm... Uh-oh. Are both of you guys frozen right now? He was, he was good. Yeah. I, I used to work with a guy who was, I don't know. He was All right, you're back. Six foot one, had a lazy eye and was like 300 and something pounds. And he'd always be like, I was a Blackhawk helicopter pilot. Uh, he told us one time that he tried out for the Yankees and turned them down. Uh, oh, yeah. Well, you guys just came back. Both of you froze up and went away for a second. So uh, I think you froze because we were, we were still uh, – I could see everything Ryan was doing. Uh, maybe it was probably on this end then. You were all pixelated. Uh, but, yeah, the, the little beef jerky guy, I think he was just very intense. Um, he was he was excited, and I remember his name. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say it on here, but I know exactly who he is. But and uh, I doubt very seriously he's listening to this. What What do you mean intense? Like woo beef jerky? Woo! I own land in the Amazon. It was more of uh, like, oh my god, my beef jerky is like the best with the head bobs and the hand up. You know what I mean? Oh no shit! Yeah. one of them guys, huh? like uh, a hand on the hip. With the hip slung out kind of deal, but uh, yeah, he was he was a special character. He must have yeah. been from another part of California, dude. Our beef jerky was uh, Katie made side money in the pit off beef jerky, telling no people it was not I for sale. It. One dude came up and he offered to buy the whole rest of the bag for a hundred dollars. Wow! I'm like, no man, can't do it because you know we're all hanging out here eating this. We're not just gonna give it to you. But, Damn, way to go, Katie, though, out there slinging that beef jerky. Dude, she was yes. selling two pieces for five bucks. She made like $45 doing that. <laughs> and that's we didn't have to move. Like, she was just standing there hustling. <laughs> that's awesome. Like she had a bag of yeah. crack or something. Yeah, she better bring more next time. That's, yeah, that's, that's what that tells me. We're going to have to bring way more. That's like them people outside football games selling jello shots and shit. Yeah. Right. I've got just as many messages from people today telling me how cool my wife is. So thanks for everybody that, that liked her too. She's fun. Yeah, she's super fun. A lot of people think it's weird that we kind of split up in the pit, but we don't because we go there every single year. And when we get there, she's got her group of people that she likes to see, you know, and I've got mine. Most of them are the same groups, but. She might see somebody across the room that she was looking forward to meeting up with. And 
I don't want to go and leave my conversation at that particular point in time. So she just goes. See, that's cool. I like, I told my wife, I'm going to blade next year, blah, blah, blah. We should both go. And at first she's like, yeah, we'll go. We'll both go. And then it took her about 30 seconds. And she was like, no, I'll stay here. <laughs> she, she goes, I don't want to ruin it for you. Dude, you should definitely bring her. I mean, it's like a big family. I mean, oh, she would hate it. She would hate it. She does not give a single solitary fuck about knives. Neither does Katie. It's the yeah, people in the environment. Wife. And she went to Blade West because, you know, she hung out at the table and she loves talking to people. But yeah, she doesn't care about knives. But she also doesn't like to stay up late. So she would never go to the pit. Yeah. <laughs> Katie's usually in bed by like an hour 10 o'clock. And, and be like, all right, this is cool. Let's go back to Maine now. <laughs> like, so she, it was cool, though. She's like, she's like, I'll just ruin it. You'll have a much better time without me, which is probably true. Ooh. It's probably <laughs> You'd just be worried about her the whole time. Nah, we're honest like that. Like, She's like, do you want to go do this? I'm like, not at all. Not at all. Do I have to? Yeah. Not really. All right, I'm not going <laughs> to. Like, have fun. That's great. Hmm. Well, I just remember, guys, um, I hope my house isn't on fire right now. I walked out and left Watch the oven you. on. You left the oven on? You got a knife in the oven? Well, the thing is, I had two knives in the oven, and I finished the first temper cycle and pulled them out, and they were supposed to go back in the oven before I came here. You know, that way they'd get their second two hours, and they're sitting right on the counter next to the oven. <laughs> so, But, yeah, those two knives I've been so nervous to heat treat, I did them both today, and they both came out rock hard and straight as a board. Why are you worried? Well, because one's got like 30 hours of file work in it. And, you know, if it cracks or something crazy goes on, all that's just wasted. And right. the, the other one's got almost an 11-inch blade, and it's only an inch and a quarter tall all the way down the length of it. So I thought that one was going to come out looking like the edge of a lasagna noodle. But How thick is it? Eighth. Or no, sixteenth. Yeah. That's sixteenth. Oh, yeah, I'd be worried if it was 16th. Yeah, the, the other one was 8th, the one with all the file work. But yeah. the the long, thin one was only 16th. I don't dare. It came out straight? It came out straight as a board. I thermocycled it four times because I still had a light bend right where the handle transitioned to the blade. It was just the tiniest little bend kicking over. Like, if you're looking down towards the tip, it was kicking to the left. So I overcorrected it and put it back in for another little shot of heat. And as I was watching it, as soon as it started to come back towards center, I pulled it out right then and I put it on a hook underneath the forge, you know, on the cart and just let it hang vertical. And then when it cooled, I looked at it and it was good and straight. So I stuck it back in there, edge side up. And as soon as it got nice and hot, I quenched it and just as straight as it could be. Skates a file. So that's a, a, a testament to your grind. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I said in the video, people always think, you know, the, the number one reason your knife warps is because you uh, have an uneven grind on one side. Right. Yeah, for sure. Right. You got more steel on one side, and that's what's making it warp. Well, actually, on this one, I didn't do any preheat treat grinding. It's just profiled. Profiled, and the holes are oh. drilled. Yeah, but 16th inch, they, anything could happen on that. <laughs> exactly. And there was one little spot that looked like it might be cracked. But it wasn't on the blade or the spine. It was right in the middle. But it was on a piece of forge scale that, you know, didn't flake off. 
So right. I got a brush and cleaned it up, and that little section popped right off. So that made me super happy. What was the steel? Ten ninety five. It's my so, go to steel. Me too. I've learned yeah, how to heat treat it out of a forge, and every now and then I'll get some ten eighty four. If New Jersey Steel Baron just happens to be out of ten ninety five when I order, but I mean, unless I get an order for a specific steel, I I normally don't even make that an option. You know, whenever someone wants to order a knife, it's like, yeah, I'll build it. Let's talk about handle scales, blade finish, you know, sheath options, things like that. The steel is the steel that I'm going to use. Even even my Damascus is usually always 1095. Yeah. Pri- primarily because it's so hard to get 1080. It's uh, yeah. <laughs> hit or miss. It is weird how they go in and out of stock. You know, it seems like New Jersey Steel Baron always has one or the other, but not very often both. Yeah, I mean, I just, I just gave up. I, that's why I moved most of my, my work to 1095. It's the same heat treat, so I don't have to worry about it. And it still looks okay with well, – still looks good in the Damascus. So that's good. Surely you've got an oven, though, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's going to – oh, Blade Show disappointment. Our friend Ed Saul, who was on Forge and Fire last week, was going to bring me a case of fire bricks and uh, refractory cement and everything to build an oven. I got right. so freaking busy at the show, I completely forgot to even meet up with him. So that didn't work out. Bummer. And I feel like an asshole because I've been talking to him for like two weeks, talking about meeting up with him. Even before, you know, he was going to give me free stuff, I was still planning to meet with him. But it's one a day and a half just ain't enough. You know what I mean? It's not. Yeah. Uh, Forged and Fire. Did you see Mike Lavalley is going to be on Forged and Fire? Yeah, I did see that. Hell yeah, yeah. that's I'm a shocker that episode. That shocked me when I saw that. Mm. I, I just I wonder I, when he taped it. I don't know. That's what I'm thinking. I, I would have assumed that he's already been there if he wanted to go there. Nope. I guess not. Well, the one from last week, you know, that was taped a long time ago because uh, they didn't even have the broadback grinders in that episode, right? I don't know how far out they filmed. That's I'd be curious to know that. Some of them, um, I know a guy who uh, whose episode taped two years ago and they haven't aired it yet. Wow. Yeah, that'd be disappointing. Uh, yeah, <laughs> just sitting on your hands waiting for your episode to come out, and not being able to tell anybody. Is his name Dennis Tyrell? No, absolutely <laughs> not. Uh, I cornered Ben Abbott in uh, in the pit uh, Friday night and said, uh, "Hey, how come how come you never had me? How, how do I get on Fortune Fire?" And uh, the crazy thing is, he looked down. He he obviously didn't know who I was, and then looked down at my name tag, and then said, uh, "Like kind of tilted his head back, and then said, that's really weird because.'" Uh, he said, I do a lot of uh, research for the show, and they're researching Kumai right now. And he typed in Kumai to Google, and he was watching my videos. Oh, wow. No, oh, that's a riot. That's pretty cool, though. So, uh, so we'll see. Maybe he'll put in a word for me. That must feel good. Yeah, actually, uh, Ben's going to be on the podcast here pretty soon. No way. Yeah. So every year for the past five years, the first time Katie saw Ben Abbott, she's like, Oh my God, there's Ben Abbott. She recognized him and they just, they hit it off. They had a little conversation. And every year when we go up there, they just kind of end up finding each other and chit chatting for a few minutes. 
and we all take pictures together and all that kind of stuff. So I was talking to him Saturday night and asked him about it, and I got his direct contact information because I've sent him a, a message on Instagram, and it, it never made its way to him. But I've got his his direct information now, and we're going to be setting up a time for him to come on here with us. So that's, that's going to cool. be pretty fun. Yeah. Uh, he was pretty drunk Friday night. I'm sure he does not remember that discussion. Uh, uh, he was feeling no pain by the time I talked to him, and I think that was like, uh, I don't know, 1230, 1 a.m., something like that. It was the same way Saturday night. So, um, you know, we've, we've got pictures as reminders. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. Yeah, we got, uh, as of now, we got a guest lined up for next week. And I don't know if I should call him out or not because he's gonna he's been gonna be on the show a few times already, but something always comes up and he hasn't been able to. But it's been a long time since we talked about him actually being on here. So uh we'll see if he can make it for now. Who is it? For you next got me week. in suspense now. His name is Dustin Stevens. You ever heard of him? Nope. Dustin. Old Brownie Forge. Old what? Old Brownie. Oh. Uh, that one rings a bell. Old brownie bit. is. Yeah, I didn't know his real name. Yeah, goofy old brownie. That'd be a good one. Yeah, he's a pretty awesome guy. He hung out with us for a long time Saturday night too. He's. Uh, Do you guys know? Uh, sorry, finish your story. I got another one. Crazy. He's a goofy little shit. Okay, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys know John Norwood at Old Hickory Forge? Uh, yeah, I talked to John Saturday night. Actually, I, wasn't it you that introduced me to him? Oh, maybe. While we were standing there in the pit. Yeah, that, that story about the, the steel. Did you hear about this, Ryan? No. Do you know who oh, John is? He makes yeah, a lot of hammers. Fucking hammers. I don't. So he orders from his steel supplier, and I don't know who it is, and I wouldn't name them, but he ordered 1045 from his steel supplier, makes... 130 hammers. Okay, just he's assembly line, making hammers, making hammers over, I think you said two months. Okay, 100, 130 hammers. And then goes, then looks at one, uh, like some of the steels he's using, and the steel is marked 1018. So he's like, oh crap. Goes to heat treat one of them, and sure enough, it won't heat treat. Oh no. So he's they shipped him 1018. And for two months he made 130 hammers. Out of and miles. Then found out they they're useless. Oh. He brought nothing to Blade Show. He had nothing to bring to Blade Show. So not only is he out the two months of work, now he's got to spend another two months making the like so he spent four months. Or he will spend four months making hammers because they screwed up his order. Oh, that could bankrupt somebody. Right? Absolutely. Easily. Oh, oh that's like, horrible. I'm like, uh, if it was me, uh, there'd be some litigation going on. And that's what I was going to say. With the right attorney, that could seriously be fought. You know what I mean? Lost wages yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Because it's absolutely not his fault. And he's such a laid back dude. And he's like, yeah, yeah, you know, you know, the, and, he, and he's asked them for a refund. Like, he's not even sure he's going to get a refund. What? Oh, I'll be damned. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, it would, there would be some, there would be some 
they'd get lit up on social media and uh, every place I could find. Like, it would not be pretty. Yeah, I would find their front door is what I would find. <laughs> yeah. So that's crazy. And uh, that was, and it's such a heartbreak, too, because it's lost sales, lost time. Man, I felt for them when I heard that story. And the money oh. that it costs to, to even get a table at Blade Show is not cheap. So yeah. if, if you pay that money for a table and there's nothing to put on it, you're out that too. Right. Yeah. Add that to the, uh, <laughs> to the suit. That sucks. That gives me the heebie jeebies. Yeah. <laughs> I know. That's right? Horrible. And he checked his like bill of lading, every like order, everything said 1045. Yeah. That's obviously their screw up. Right. So it makes me think twice about checking the steel when I get it every time. I always just look at the ends of mine. You know, is it blue or is it red or is it yellow? But I don't get mine from New Jersey. Uh, I usually get mine from Jantz, and uh, it's got a sticker on it. And yeah. I never, I always, I always cut from the other end. So I always <laughs> I like Jantz because they have the flat rate for shipping. Yeah, exactly. But, but I, th- I think I'm going to switch to Maritime. Got to support my boy. Uh, Lawrence over at uh, Maritime Knife Supply because he's a fellow Canadian, so it might be Lawrence gets some really good deals too. Actually, I got a Maritime Knife Supply T-shirt. Nice Sweet. swag package he sent me. Yeah, that's awesome. And your doppelganger. I can get my <laughs> steel from New Jersey Steel Baron just because I order it by the sheet in bulk, and if you buy the sheet, they'll cut it for you and send it to you. It man, in manageable pieces. It's like you can buy a half sheet, which is four foot by eight foot, so it's four foot by four foot, and then they'll cut it up and send it to you in one foot by two foot pieces. Yeah, Lawrence will do the same thing. He's going to cut it down to uh, four inch pieces for Damascus for me. Oh, wow. I didn't know he had access to sheet steel. I thought he was just kind of... Well, I, I don't know about the side, but whatever you order, he'll cut it. Um, gotcha. okay. by, it might just be bar stock. Like you buy it by the bar stock. Right. So, okay. But for me, that like I buy a forty-eight inch piece or a bunch of forty-eight inch pieces of steel that are like inch and a half. It's a pain in the ass to cut that stuff up into four inch pieces. Yeah. I'd rather, much rather somebody else do it. Right. <laughs> yeah, he's got ABL. I think he goes up to six inches wide and four inch long or four foot long. Oh, well, that's good. And then some of the other steels too. I know he carries wider bar stock options. I like to have it in one foot by two foot just in case, you know, I might get an order for a cleaver, you know what I mean, or, or something crazy, and I don't ever have to wait. Like, I can I can get started. Yeah. Sure. So, well, before we go, I'm going to bring up one more thing that I promised an old friend of the show that I would do. It was actually my idea, but uh, I got to remember to do it. So, old Bubba. Everybody remembers Bubba, right? Mm-hmm. The old school host back in the day. Bubba's got a YouTube channel. And he's got several videos on there that's up to like 30, 40, 60,000 views. And he's got all the watch hours in the whole world that he needs. He does not have the subscribers to get monetized. So if you watch YouTube, go to Sabit Outdoor Survival and hit subscribe. He only needs like 30 more people. Like he's right there on the edge of a thousand. So go over there and help that man start making some money because they're putting commercials in his videos. And he's not seeing a dime. What's the first word? What was the? Sabit, S-A-B-E-T. Sabit. That's his last name. It's Sabit Outdoor Survival. 
And he does stuff like I've got one that pops up on my thing all the time that says uh, making crepe moccasins. And it's, he made some shoes from leather. That thing's got like thirty or 40,000 views on it. And drinking from a Viking horn is another popular one he's got. <laughs> I just subscribed. I'm a follower number 984. Cool. So oh, well, I'm 985. So we so got him that much closer. closer. Awesome. He only needs 15 more. I'm sure the whole community together can go over there and help him start making it. Because he he used to make awesome videos. Nice. No, he makes leather. He used to be my leather guy before I got into Kydex. Oh. So if you if you do uh, if you look back at my knives or if you've seen them before with a leather sheath, he's the one that has made every one that I've ever put out. But he Very does cool. sheaths, gun holsters. Um, wallets pretty much anything out of leather and he's really freaking good at it too hmm. look but. at us all being youtube connoisseurs right <laughs> hey that's that's the way things go now yeah <clears throat> i mean really the only way to stay above water most of the time is passive income you know nine to fives just don't cut it anymore no well, you want to learn something now these days. Jeez, YouTube is the place people go. Exactly. Yep. I don't know how many times I've went to YouTube and typed in how to, you know, and like a, a year making model of a vehicle with the problem. And there's somebody there that has done it on that vehicle with that motor with the same problem. And it's step by step, you know, just all the simplest stuff. How to tie your shoes, you know, <laughs> it's it's all there. Yeah, I, I, I got a Jeep, and, man, there's a million videos on how to do stuff to Jeeps. Yeah, Bubba's got a video. It says how to clean fish. And, I mean, that, that's dumb, but I'm the guy in the video cleaning the fish. I was like his little uh, test dummy dude. But you can find how to do anything there. I just posted a how to change an auger bearing in a Toro snowblower the other day. See, that's handy because I didn't – I'd have never known what the hell an auger bearing was. Now I want to go watch that just to see. I, and I had only, I would never have the use for a snowblower. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was going to say. Uh, uh, not Either something Jason's going to use. Snow. No. Yeah. Well, Dennis, thanks for coming on here with us again, man. You're the, uh, I think you're the first ever back to back guest. No, you weren't back to back. You're almost back to back. I was on the, you know, the, the Blade Show, you know, part of the Blade Show one. but That counts. Hey, that counts. First ever back to back guest. <laughs> always a pleasure to talk to you guys well thanks uh, man um thanks man we'll go ahead and wrap it up if you guys are good i'm gonna go make yeah. sure my house isn't on fire throw some knives back in the oven i got hot wings waiting for me sweet that sounds good i still gotta figure out dinner too well guys thanks for all tuning right. in with us and we'll talk to y'all again next week it's been fun thank you sir keep on hustling and keep on grinding bye it's always good when you're on, Dennis. <laughs>